Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart, and he was revealed God to us. Over in John chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, now that Sunday evening we're talking about the resurrection of Christ. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Father, this is your word we have broke open today. And it is alive and it is active. And therefore, God, every person listening will hear the message you have for them today. I pray, Lord, that the distractions that we brought in with us, that, God, that they will be bound right now and loosed from heaven is your spirit to speak truth to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, church, it's so good to be together today. Isn't it? Amen. 
Amen. Now, I know normally uh, Easter, we love to read about Mary going to the tomb, right? I mean, as a female pastor, it's kind of one of my favorites. Just got to tell you that. But today, I wanted to do it a little different. Instead, we read words about the beginning, right? You thought, man, she took us all the way back to the beginning. What was that about? We read about the Word was God. And the Word is Jesus Christ, by the way, if you didn't catch on to that. The Word was with God. He was about light and darkness. And we know all about darkness as humans. But we we understand darkness. Just this last year alone, we can probably name a lot of things that we would consider darkness. Even though I've tried to encourage you to look for the positive things that have come out of this year. But as people who understand the darkness of humanity, I think it's appropriate this Easter that we kind of lean away from the common story of Easter and be reminded as the people of darkness, but we are a people of God. We are the people of the resurrection. We also know the light. And that's what I want us to look at today. Because even the darkness of sin and death, it couldn't hold Jesus down. Man, that's what I I, I love about Resurrection Day. I was thinking yesterday about the disciples sitting on a Saturday, what they might have been going through. They had lost all their hope. Oh, man, it's easy for us to celebrate all weekend long. We know the full story, right? But they didn't. So they were sitting on that that Saturday full of darkness because they they lacked hope. Their friend, the one they thought was the Messiah, had just died. They watched him die a criminal's death. And they feared for their lives. Scripture told us that they feared the Jewish leaders. They feared the Romans as well. Because now Jesus has been labeled this criminal and and that he was trying to become king. And so that would put them in that same group as accessories to all of this. So they feared the Romans. Romans would have looked at them as some insurrectionists. And the, the Jewish leaders would have looked at them as full of blasphemy. Because this guy, Jesus, had called himself God, and they followed him. So they were living in the darkness, without hope, full of grief. I just wonder if they were doubting themselves. Were we wrong? I mean, think of Peter. He declared that Jesus was the Messiah. Was I wrong, John, when I thought that? Did y'all not see what I saw? I'm sure that as they were sitting there, they thought, now what do we do? Like, Jesus was the leader. What, what do we do? How we, we can't just go back to the life we had because there may be a bounty on our head now. They were locked behind those doors in fear. And then Jesus shows up. Oh, don't you love when Jesus shows up? And he begins to bring light. He didn't wait for them to figure it out, by the way. Can we can we notice that? These disciples are locked behind doors in fear and confusion. 
Church, have you ever been in that place where you don't even know what the next moment is, let alone tomorrow? Oh, come on, somebody give me an amen. Have you been there? You know what I'm talking about. But Jesus didn't wait for them to figure it out, did he? He showed up. He came to them in their doubts behind the locked door. And what did he say? Shalom. You love that word, don't you, Diane? Shalom. Peace. He didn't, he didn't come in saying, what are you guys doing? Why are you hiding? He didn't come in condemning them. What, what are you doing? I, I, I thought we already talked about this had to happen. No, he just came in and said peace. In other words, not just peace in this moment, but let me tell you, peace ahead of you. That's what happens when Jesus shows up. These disciples, they're locked in fear and darkness, and they needed a light. That's one reason we read from John 1 today. I wanted to go back to the beginning of because you have to understand that John's book is about showing you who Jesus is. He is God. He is part of the Trinity, the second person of the Trinity. He is God. And it's the John chapter 1 is that poetic expression of a God who is not far off. He's the God who drew near to us. We just a few months ago were celebrating at at Christmas and Advent time, what? Of the baby that came, Jesus came to be with us. I heard this story expression this week. It was a tale of a, a man, a Christian man, who was having this conversation with someone who was of another faith. And they began to share their different views on their religions. And this, this man of the other faith, as he was expressing his worldview, you know, the, the Christian said, okay, he said, let me get this straight. So life is like a mountain, and God is on top of that mountain, correct? And he said, yeah. And he said, so the way you're looking at it is all of these different worldviews, all of our different faiths, we all have a different path getting to the same God. Yes, exactly. And so the Christian said, so we're all trying to get to the same place. There's just different paths. Yes, you have your path in your Christian faith. In my faith, I have my path. And the Christian man thought on it for a minute. And he said, well, he said, I respect that view. He said, but I got to tell you, I don't agree with it. He said, because let me tell you the difference between my faith and your faith. He said, in your faith, you're trying to get to the top of the mountain. You're trying to get to God. He said, my God, he's already come down the mountain. (laughs) I don't have to work to get to him. Church, do you hear that? Because we spend so much time working and trying to get to God, we think. He's already come down the mountain. He came in that manger. He hung on that cross. He came, the song they sang a while ago, he came to fight for me. That's the God you serve. He's not sitting somewhere waiting for us to figure out how to get there. He said, I already came and I showed you, I made a way. 
I walked with you. I left my spirit with you. God is with us today. And every believer in here, he's sitting inside of you. That's the difference in our faith and so many others. That's why there's not other ways to get there. Because Jesus said, no one gets to the Father except through me. You have to have Jesus Christ. Jesus came down. God came to us. So when we read through John chapter 1, I want you to grasp Jesus is God. He's not a good man, a good teacher, or even just a prophet. He was fully God on this earth. The light came. The word became flesh. The scripture told us. So that means he knows you. Why did he walk this earth? So that he would know us. To know what it felt like. So I guarantee on that Friday, he felt every nail that pierced him. He felt the despair of being separated from the Father. And that's what our sin does. It separates us from the Father. God is holy. And our sin separates us. But the good news is you don't have to go looking for him. Because God already found you. Oh, I bet if we shared our testimonies, we all have those testimonies that God came looking for you way before you were looking for him. I know I have that. So we found them in verse 19, sitting behind locked doors. This should hit home to all of us because we understand what doors are in our life. Hint, hint, I have doors today. How about that? And they purposely look different. This, okay, we took this off the hinges this morning. It's the church door. Yep. It goes back there somewhere. Um, but it's, it's just sort of your average. Everybody's got, well, that's about the same door we got in our house. Could have been our kids' door. Parents, anybody ever take a door off a hinge when your kids were acting up? All right, how many want it to? I've threatened it quite a few times. Now, this door, you may be wondering, what in the world, BJ, have you done? In fact, Brittany even was like, Mom, you're not really taking that with you, are you? Yep, I am. I got my tissue. I said I didn't know if I could talk about this. That's my mom and daddy's bathroom door. And you're like, what? The bathroom door? Yep. I made many a trips through this door. Um... We all have weird things when our parents pass that we want to hang on to, and this was one of mine. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's just a beautiful, it's, as you can see, bifold doors. If you can see this side, um, it's got a metal plate Dad used. It took, I didn't even know until I was probably a young adult that this wasn't a real door. This was Dad's makeshift door to make us a door. And um, I had intentions of making a bookshelf out of this thing, you know, separating the two panels and, and making a bookshelf. But when Alex found out that I got a hold of this door, he said, don't you dare take apart Nanny's door. 
He said, you've got to figure out what to do with this thing. Um, this is many years' worth of Band-Aids and bandages because as the door would like shrink or whatever and so wouldn't stay closed when you closed it, <laughs> Mama would add a Band-Aid so that it would give it that little extra, you know. Yeah, this is my mama's engineering right there, I'm telling you. Um, up here, if you can see the backside, we just had a one of those little lock, you know, drop in the hole kind of locks, little gate locks, I guess is what you might say. And you can see how the wood is rubbed off here. That would be the years of sticking a clothes hanger through to pop the door open when somebody's in the bathroom and you want to get in. You know, mamas, you know what I'm talking about. You go to the bathroom to get away from the kids, don't you? That's the only... Come on, mamas, raise your hand. Who's done it? Who's went to the bathroom to hide from your children? Don't you lie in church. That's what my mama did, and bless her heart, one coat hanger is all it took to pop through there, and I was in there still talking her ear off, you know. Um, So this, you know, ugly, ugly door... Thomas, this morning when I said, what did I call it, the not pretty door? I said, the not pretty door on this side and the other door on this side. He went to put this door over here and this one over here. And I said, no, I said the not pretty. He said, but this is the most beautiful door you got here. (laughs) I said, well, to me it does. One reason, and, and we just sort of dusted it down, one reason it's so nasty, that is... I don't even know how many years of nicotine and smoke on this door. But that's my mom and daddy. So we all have these doors in our life that we get behind and we feel locked behind. Some doors, it's your grief and your pain. We all know what it is to lose those loved ones. So we find that room and we lock the door because nobody gets it. And then we have these doors that, well, it looks pretty, it looks nice. We put on a face that everything is good, but behind this door, nobody sees my anxiety. Nobody sees the fear I have of being less than. Nobody sees the the tears that I'm failing as a mom because I just screamed at my kids today. Not really, for once. But you understand, we all have a door that we get locked behind. Oh, some of you sitting here, you're still locked behind the front door of your house. You ain't even let Jesus in yet. These are inside the house. But you know what I love? Jesus doesn't wait for you to open the door. He don't even have to pop it open with a clothes hanger to get in there. He's just there. And he's coming after you. Because he loves you that much. He's already come down the mountain, people. What we celebrate today is not about the ham. It's not about the eggs. It's not about any of that. It is about Jesus Christ setting us free. Death has no claim on me. Amen.
Sin has no power over me. Amen. Does it tempt me? Sure it does. But in the power of Jesus Christ, I can turn and walk away the other way. I don't have to succumb to that anymore because verse 19 also told me that suddenly Jesus showed up. Now you can debate, did he just appear behind the door? Did he come through the... It doesn't even matter. Jesus was dead in the tomb. Do you understand? It wouldn't matter to me if he just miraculously appeared or if he turned the knob and walked in. It would still be amazing that Jesus Christ came out of that tomb. Do you understand? Do you understand this morning? He showed up. So many times we buy into the lie, God, where are you? And he says, I'm right here, my child. I'm just right here. Turn to me. So I don't know what's behind your closed doors this morning. But I know the Messiah that's the light. And I know he's here today, already behind that door waiting on you. And I know what he wants to say is shalom. Peace. Everything's going to be okay. Now, that didn't change anything for the disciples as far as uh, worrying about what the Romans wanted to do to them or how the Jewish leaders treated them, did they? But they knew we have Jesus. Shalom. It's going to be okay. So now what do we do? You know, it, it disturbed me this week. There was a statistic that came out of a Pew Research that said, Only 51% of Christians knew what the Great Commission was. If I gave you a pop quiz right now, who's sweating? Who can even tell me where the Great Commission is found? I'm listening. Matthew? I'm turning there, Bo. Can anybody get me closer? There's a lot of Matthew. No? Last chapter. Good job. Don't even have to know the number, do you? The end of Matthew. Matthew 28. Jesus came and told his disciples. This is after the resurrection. This is before he's getting ready to go back into heaven. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, that is the Great Commission. But John gives us a a, a sort of condensed version of this. Because Jesus said to them, he said, as I spoke, he showed them the wounds. And then he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. In other words, he said, when I left heaven, God gave me all authority. He said, and now I send you. That is the Great Commission. 
It is more than what you come and get at the altar. It's what you're supposed to take when you leave that altar. The Great Commission. God God sent Jesus to come down into humanity, and now Jesus is sending you and I. This is the church's Great Commission, not the pastor's, not the song leader's. The church. And when Jesus breathes, I know this, this passage sometimes confuses people because they're, they're talking about the Holy Spirit. He says he breathes the Holy Spirit. And you're like, wait, we don't get to that till Acts, right? Like at Pentecost, that's when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Let, let me understand. The wording that is used here in the original text is the same kind of wording when we talked about in the beginning. Because what? God breathed into Adam, right? He gave him life. And everything that these disciples had thought was fixing to happen with the Messiah, what happened at the cross? It died. Their plans died. Everything died that they thought was fixing to happen. So behind those doors, they said, man, we don't know. We don't have a plan. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, I gave up everything. I gave up the paycheck. I gave up the 401k. I don't even know what to do now. What are we supposed to do? Everything died on the cross for the disciples. So when Jesus breathes into them, he's saying, here's the kingdom purpose. He's breathing new life into their direction. And church, that happens with you and I. When we come to the the altar or wherever you find Jesus as your Savior, hopefully everything in your life should die as you hand it over to Jesus. And he's going to breathe the Holy Spirit on you. And life looks different when you get up. Everything should be different. We, we hear this in Ezekiel when he says, come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. Oh, Alex tried his best to get Brittany to sing rattle, but she wasn't up to that one today. <laughs> John chapter 1 told us that John the Baptist was not the light. He was sent to what? Tell about the Ask Brittany, I got so excited this week when I was reading through this. Because sometimes, this is why, this is why we, we pray, God, your word is alive and active. Because you see things different when you've read them a hundred times. And so I underlined in here, verse 7, John the Baptist was sent to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. It says John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. John was not the light, but he was telling people who was the light. You and I were not the light. We're supposed to be telling people who is the light. There's a phrase that we like to use a lot, and I know you've heard this, preach the gospel, use words when necessary. And I know everybody, oh, I love that, you know, woo. I don't. 
I don't love that. Because I'm afraid too often we use it as an excuse not to preach the gospel. I can live it out in front of people. No, that makes you a good person. And see, I had people in my life that looking back hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I know now they were Christians, and that's why they were the way they were. I didn't know that while I was with them because they never said the name Jesus. They never told me that's why they loved on me that way. Now, we're to... We're to emulate Jesus in our actions. Yes, go love people. I'm not, I'm not telling you not to love people because that's what draws people in. When they see the church being the church, that's what draws them in. But then Jesus says, go tell people about me. Because they can't get saved if they don't know who the light is. Does that make sense, church? Yeah, I put a lot of pressure. Some of y'all are thinking, man, I should have just went to grandma's for lunch and skipped the church service today, right? Because that was a heavy truth. But church, that's why he died for us. Do you understand? If we really mean all the hallelujahs, amens today, then you should be itching to tell somebody about this risen Savior when you leave this building today. I hope it's drawing your heart. If you've never accepted Christ today, I hope it's drawing your heart today that you're thinking, I can't leave here till I know that I know. All you have to do is call on his name. So I guess that's my question. Church, I'm so glad that we serve a risen Savior Amen? It makes all the difference. But my question is, how do you respond today? First of all, have you even unlocked the front door of your house? Do you believe Jesus Christ is God and that he died for your sin? And that there's no other way to get to God except through him. Man, if, you, if you've never said that prayer, God, I'm sorry. Because I've been living life on my own and and not really paying attention. And I need your forgiveness today, Lord. I want Jesus as my Savior. You need to pray that today. And if you do, you let me know this. My other question is, will you let the, the light overcome the darkness? Some of you, you're sitting behind your locked doors today. We may know about it, we may not. Some doors are like this that you don't want people to see. Some doors are not so pretty and you don't care that people know the grief and the hurt. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus wants to come in. And he wants to set you free today. Because even though I have grief, I miss my loved ones. I have joy if I know where they are. I have joy if I know they're in the presence of the one we sang about today. You guys sounded so awesome this morning. I I, I don't know who could see me behind the door, but I was all caught up in worship this morning, and I could hear your voices 
And man, that brings me joy because it, it feels like a little piece of heaven when I hear you guys singing and praising. But can you imagine what heaven really sounds like today? So will you leave this place today? First, make sure you know Jesus as your Savior. Second, if you've got a locked door, anxiety, fear, doubt, whatever you're working through, let Jesus bring you peace today. And then finally, when you leave here, go tell somebody about Jesus. The God who came down the mountain, who is with us today and wants to set us free. Praise team, can y'all come back? We're going to end today with amazing grace. And that'll give time for them to set up for our kids afterwards. And I know y'all are like, well, we don't have altars. Yeah, I do. I got a whole front row empty right there. I've got a stage empty right there. You've got an altar right where you're sitting. So if Jesus is moving your heart today, you need to drop a knee to him. You need to, you need to say that sinner's prayer, or you need to say, God, I know you're here behind my locked doors and I need your peace today. Or God, I need your boldness today to be able to share who you are to others. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. Thank you for coming down, Lord. Thank you for paying that price of atonement that we couldn't pay. And thank you for setting us free from sin and death. Father, I pray that your spirit will continue to work in the people's hearts as they leave this place today. And God, as we encounter our families and our friends today in celebration, may they know we've been in your presence by the glow on the face. Lord, may we be bold when we leave here, sharing with others the true hope of this life in Jesus Christ. May we continue to praise your name even beyond these walls. And all of God's people said, Amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.